Okay, guys, I think we'll we'll get going with our uh, live event today. Um, so just to give everyone a sense of, of what we're going to be running through today on this live event, we're going to give you a, an introduction and uh, I'll let you know who else is on the call with me today. Also, um, I'd like to give you a quick overview of the broader NCBI service just during this COVID-19 crisis. Obviously, this event is focused on technology and I'll be going through uh, the technology service overview available from NCBI Labs. And the key points today for our uh, online demonstration is iOS accessibility uh, and an overview of accessibility for iPhone and iPads. We're going to do smart devices as well and give people an overview of Alexa and uh, specifically the Echo Dots. And also we'll do questions and answers. And we'll wrap up then with uh, supporting NCBI. It should take us approximately about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on um, how many people ask questions. And I would really encourage you to, um, to ask as many questions as, as you want here. You can either send them into us via email, as I mentioned uh, on the introduction at labs.ncbi.ie, or you can use the question pane to the right of um, uh, to the right of your screen. Again, just to remind everyone that's on the call now, if you do require a list of shortcuts for uh, screen readers on Teams, please do email labs at ncbi.ie and we'll respond to them straight away. One thing I would like to say as well is um, this uh, online presentation today will be available, is being, sorry, excuse me, is being recorded and will be available for people to download afterwards and either rewatch or we can, or and we'll be publishing it to social media as well. So further information on that coming. Okay, so first of all, I'd just like to say a huge uh, uh, warm welcome to everyone that's joined us today on the call. And it's um, it's great to have so many people here today. We can see, I'm not sure if the participants can see, but there's quite a few. We're upwards of 30-ish people on, on the call at the moment, which is brilliant. So as I said, please do um, keep asking questions throughout the call. And we're hoping that this will be the first of many live events to come. Uh, let me introduce myself today. My name is Kyron O'Mahony. I'm the uh, NCBI's Chief Technology Officer. Uh, with us as well today is Aaron Molana, Finn, he's the NCBI Assistant Chief Services Officer. And we also have members from the NCB Launch Technology Training Team. And on the call as well, we have Sean Doran, JP Corcoran, Jude Maher, and also Daniel Dunn. Okay, just to give you a quick sense of uh, some of the services that are continue to be available to uh, those with sight loss uh, during this COVID-19 crisis. So NCBI has set up a national helpline for service users, families and their friends. And this is open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and it's open Monday to Friday. And the number for that is 1850 33 43 53. That's 1850-33-43-53. And that can be used for all queries uh, related to site loss. And just to give you a sense of some of the services that remain to be available. So you can ring that number for advice and information. Also, there's emotional support available to you. Uh, any specific cocooning tips in relation to people with site loss, please do uh, get in contact with us. Uh, technology uh, and assistive technology information is always available online. We'll give you advice on online training, employment supports, referrals to the NCBI li library, and we also can uh, send you an accessible COVID-19 pack. 
And don't forget as well, we our online shop remains open for low vision aids, shop equipment and, and advice related to the same. Just to remind everyone that number again, it's um, 1850 33 Or if you would like to email NCBI directly, that's info at ncbi.ie. Okay, as this is a technology event, I'd like to give people just a sense of the technology services that are available from NCBI. So NCBI offers a technology support line. We also continuing to offer technology sales from mainstream and assistive technology that is continuing uh, throughout this crisis. Technology training continues to be available and we're going to uh, kick off this and we're hoping to do these weekly live events, <laughs> weekly live events once a week. Um, and one thing that we're kicking off in the coming weeks is virtual technology support clubs where uh, all of our all of those people with, with sight loss can come on and support each other. So we'll have further information coming in them shortly. Just to remind everybody to give you some details on the technology support line, it is uh, you can ring the national helpline or you can ring us directly in for technology support advice. And this really is it's an incredible service. And we we staff it by technology experts in mainstream and assistive technology. It's open to uh, all people with sight loss, their family and their friends to support people with sight loss. So please do take advantage of that. You can contact us by email, as I mentioned earlier, labs at ncbi.ie, or you can ring the technology support line directly, 1850-92-3060. Uh, as I mentioned as well, technology sales for mainstream and assistive technology is remaining open. Uh, if you have any queries or in relation to that, please do email us at labs at ncbi. .ie, and we'll be able to follow up on them. We are still shipping out all equipment from CCTVs to magnifiers to uh, iPads to whatever the case may be. That service has not stopped and is continuing. All you need to do is, um, is get in contact with us through labs at ncbi.ie. In terms of technology training, again, you can contact us. You can refer yourself to NCBI by going to www.ncbi.ie. You can email labs at ncbi.ie or you can call the dedicated labs technology training line. Um, so please do get in contact. As I mentioned, the uh, NCBI live events, this is the first of many to come. So we're hoping that you find them really useful today. Uh, and please do give us your feedback and let us know if you found that this was a useful, uh, useful thing to do. Um, just to let you know, uh, we will be announcing uh, the launch of our virtual technology support groups next uh, week, and that will enable people to log, log on and discuss their technology needs. We'll make members of the assistive technology team available for uh, support and, and assistance all around technology. Again, just before we move on, any queries that you have in relation to technology or questions or anything like that, we're available to help. So please do get in contact with labs at ncbi.ie. Okay, so let's get on to the, um, let's move away from, uh, from the PowerPoint pieces um, and let's give you a sense of the first of the two topics that we are going to go through today. So what I'd like to do is introduce you to Daniel Dunn. He is one of our NCBI Labs technology trainers. Daniel is, um, Daniel has put together a presentation on iOS accessibility. And bear in mind that this is an overview of iOS accessibility. We do intend to do a more in-depth uh, specific feature reviews such as voiceover or different pieces like that on future uh, um, 
and future live events. For now, this is going to give you a sense of what are the accessibility features on iOS for iPad and iPhone. So just bear with us while we line up uh, the first presentation. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us here today on the NCBI Labs webinar. And we are going to look at the accessibility. Now, you may have noticed I have connected my mouse to my iPad, and that's for the purposes of today's demonstration. So I'm going to be simulating what one would do with their finger as they touch the screen uh, with this. Uh, mouse icon here, which is that yellow circle, and I have it just located there to the bottom right of this screen at the moment. So to have a look at the accessibility features that are now included in the iOS, which is Apple's iPad and iPhone operating system, uh, we are using version 13, which is the latest one that has been released, and we're going to go straight in here into our settings icon. So if you uh, want to find that settings icon, it's usually on the very uh, home screen. If it's not, just slide left and go through the different apps that are there, and you'll eventually come across this settings icon, which is a gray one with the cog in there. So I'm going to tap on that and open it up, and we're brought straight to all the settings of the iPad. And down the left hand side here, you have all the different categories that you can go into and set up different features, such as your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, and so forth. But for the purposes of today's uh, demonstration, we are looking at the accessibility options, which is located usually to the bottom left here. And if it's not there straight away, just browse down through by just popping your finger on it and pushing the menu upwards, which will scroll down the menu for you and you can select accessibility then. <clears throat> After tapping on accessibility, you are brought into all the different options that are available to help people with vision impairments or physical motor impairments or hard of hearing impairments to be able to use their iPad. And for us, our focus obviously is on the vision aspect, and that is at the top of the list in the accessibility options. So we'll start off by having a look at the voiceover. And the voiceover is a system that is very like a screen reader, I suppose, on a laptop. And it calls out the information verbally that allows you then to interact with it. So I'll just give you a quick uh, demonstration of voiceover. So we'll turn that on here, just switch to the right. Voiceover on, landscape. Charge port to the right, settings. OK, so VoiceOver announced that it is on and that it is in the settings uh, accessibility options and that your laptop is orientated in the landscape mode with the charging port to the right hand side of the frame. On an older iPad, um, 
it would tell you that your home button is to the right of the frame, but this is a newer version iPad, which does not have a physical home button. So underneath the voiceover switch, you have a little bit of a vice telling you how to use voiceover. So tap once to select an item, double tap to activate the selected item. Uh, use three fingers on the screen to scroll from page to page or to scroll up and down a page and to go to the home. If you don't have a physical home button, you slide one finger up from the bottom edge until you hear the second sound and then you lift your finger and so forth. There is other advice as well on how to use the voiceover. For those of you who are new to voiceover, uh, haven't used it before or think it will be a good uh, assistive uh, piece to have, you can go in and practice the voiceover. Voiceover practice. Button. So I'm just going to highlight voiceover practice and then double tap to voiceover practice heading. So done, but practice voiceover gestures, commands and typing in this area. Select the done button in the top right corner and double tap to exit. So I swiped right twice there, which brings me to this this voiceover practice. And in here I can uh, simulate touches and it will feedback what those would do in the operating environment. So touch. So if, speak I, click, item. if I tap, it'll speak the item I'm on. If One I finger swipe up. Previous rotor item. If I swipe up, um, it'll give me the previous rotor item. Uh, One finger swipe right. Move to next item. Touch. Speak item. One finger swipe left. Move to previous item. So you can see there the different motions I do. It'll read back what those motions will carry out. So that's Done. a good place Button. to practice voiceover if you're new to it and you want to explore it a bit more. So voice over practice. I've just Roger. exited the, the practice area. Uh, there is loads of different gestures and commands that are available for voice over. Uh, don't be afraid to get in contact with your local IT trainer uh, in the NCBI to give you some guidance on that. And perhaps some lessons can can be tailored for you on those. So I'm going to switch off voice over now. Voice over on voice over off. And just to uh, go a little bit more into what's under voiceover with the speaking rate, um, you can speed that up. I've noticed more advanced users, the more they get used to voiceover, they tend to speed up the speaking rate of it so that they, they can scroll through items a lot quicker and um, they're not waiting for voiceover to announce it. The speech then, obviously you can customize the speech, the different voices. We can have been here on voices and there's tons of different voices available that you can customize to whatever your preference is. Uh, you can change the pitch and uh, as there as well, there's a slider there to change the pitch. So I'll come back out of there. There's also a nice feature in here for Braille users who, um, who have to have a Bluetooth Braille display device they can connect that here. Um, now it won't allow you connected directly via the, the Bluetooth menu which is back up here under the Wi-Fi. If you're connecting a Braille display, you must come in here into the voiceover system and go down here and add it through the Braille devices there. So if anybody's searching for that, that's where you find that one. So that's a little bit on the voiceover. There's lots more um, 
it's lots more features in there. I won't go through them all on this uh, particular webinar, but do uh, get in touch with your local IT trainer if you want to discover more about those. So back out to our accessibility menu. And our second option we have is the Zoom. So I'll come in here. And again, just like the voiceover, you have switch at the top and underneath you have little uh, quick guide. So on how to use the Zoom. So you can double tap with three fingers on the screen and that will zoom it in. So I'm just trying to simulate that here now. So we have it zoomed in at that. And to move around the screen, even though I have the mouse connected here today, I would normally, if I didn't have that, I would put three fingers on the screen and just move left, right or up and down and that will move around, pan around the screen. And you can also double tap with three fingers and push up or push down on the screen to increase or decrease the zoom. Now at the bottom of this uh, options menu, you can set the maximum zoom level. So it goes all the way from about 1.2 X and it can go the whole way up to 15 X. So if I just grab that little slider, and we'll pull it along. You can see there now it gives me up to 15 times zoom on that. So basically wherever you leave the slider is where you're kind of setting it at the maximum zoom level. So you can go, if you set, I set a 3.8x there as the maximum zoom. So if I'm doing those gestures, when I zoom in fully, it'll go from 1.2x up to 3.8 and stop. But if you had that level on further, obviously you'd go to six or eight or 10 or whatever you set that at yourself. So you can also take advantage of the zoom filters in here. Uh, they have uh, four of them included. The, obviously the one we're dealing with at the minute, it is none enabled, but I'll show you the other four uh, inverted. So that will change all the colors. Uh, if you notice our Wi-Fi has gone from blue to orange, like Bluetooth has gone from blue to orange as well. Uh, you also have grayscale. So some people who don't want the color, they just want plain black and white. That's an option there as well. And the grayscale inverted and is black and white uh, with in reverse. So you have a black background and white text. And then you have the low light, which is normal mode, but with um, with greatly reduced brightness. And that's particularly useful for anybody who likes to use the zoom and they get high fatigue from too much glare. So I just switched that back off again. So I'll come out of the zoom. Uh, options and I'm going to switch back off Zoom and we'll return to where we were earlier. So there are the features of the Zoom um, option. Uh, there's plenty more in there that you can that you can um, enable. There's a Zoom controller that you can have, which is which is an easy access button that constantly sits on the screen and floats around. Kind of like this little home button guy that I have uh, on the screen because he is associated with the mouse. Just really show you that real quick. So turn that on there. And when I have Zoom enabled, we get this Zoom option here. So that gives us this uh, menu. So I just go Zoom out again. So that's the little Zoom controller. And again, he can be moved around the screen. Just move him here manually. So I'll park him down there. And if you don't like him on screen, go in and turn him off. So that's the zoom. We'll 
from out of the zoom. The next one we're going to have a look at is the magnifier. So I have the magnifier switched on. And to use the magnifier, you can either triple click the home button or triple click the power button on the newer iPhones and iPads, and that enables you to use the magnifier. Now, because I'm using a mouse, I have added it to my control center, and I'm just showing it quickly over here on the left hand side. We just go at the third one above the accessibility, and we go into control center and, and customize the controls. And by default, magnifier is not enabled. So to add magnifier, you go down here and you will green plus, and you tap that and it comes up to the included options on your control center. So let's go back to where I was in the accessibility and into magnifier again. So I'm going to access the magnifier by pulling down from the top right. And here we got the magnifier option here. So it's a quick access button and I tap that. And we go straight into our magnifier. Now I have set up a page at the back of the camera. I have the iPad on a stand. And as you can see, that's me manually moving the page there. And this slider here is for you to zoom in and out using the camera. You also have a light option. There's a little lightning bolt just down here. And that turns on the light. So if you're in a low light situation, you can switch that on or off as required. So the next thing I'm going to show you is up here in the top right, you've got these three little circles that are bunched together. Um, we can tap on that and it gives you the options to change the colors. So what it does is it reduces it to two colors and we have blue background and white text and next one we'll try uh, yellow text on blue background there's a grayscale yellow and black and red and black now again down in the bottom right we have flip color options so you have your brightness your contrast and then you have to flip the colors and we'll tap on that <coughs> And you'll notice now our black background has turned to red and our red text has turned to black. And we'll just go back through all the options again. Yellow background, black text, invert a grayscale. You have yellow background, blue text, and white background, blue text, and just standard inverted. And I can turn that back off and we'll return to our normal mode. That's the options that you can access on the magnifier. You can also adjust the brightness and the contrast. I'm quite happy with that there, so I'm not going to change those. But if you did want to increase the brightness or the contrast, you can by moving these sliders here with the yellow dots, move those up. So I'll just come back out of the options. Again, we'll just look at the zoom. So it's a matter of sliding this up and it will go in on the text for you and you can move the iPad left and right then to read your text from a page in the background. There's also an option to pause. 
the magnifier. So if I go in and I tap that, it pauses it, it locks it. And where that would be very useful is if you're out and about and you want to, let's say in a supermarket, there's a price and it's on a low shelf. And rather than getting down and trying to look at that, you can just drop your phone down and, and magnify it and pause it and then bring it back up to head height. And you will be able to you'll be able to see what that was. But that's the magnifier. Um, you can scroll around. So I'll just get out of the magnifier mode. And we go back to our settings menu. So that's the magnifier and you can have the auto adjust exposure. It's quite good to leave that on. It'll assess the lighting that's in the environment where you're using a magnifier and adjust accordingly. Okay, that's the magnifier. Next thing we're going to look at is the display and text size. And this is a very uh, popular option to go in and change. And first option on the display and text size is to make all the text bold. So I'm going to switch that on here and you can see immediately all the text has got much heavier, uh, making it easier to read. In older iPads, by switching that on, unfortunately it would cause you to restart your phone or your iPad, but in the newer iOS 13, they have um, enabled that on the fly so that you can change it without having to restart your, your iPad or iPhone. Next in the display and text size is the larger text size. And I have already moved the text size up to the biggest in this option. And you can notice all the text size changing. Uh, any apps that support dynamic type, uh, will this will also work for. Not all apps, I will say, are taking advantage of that feature. Uh, the feature being that it talks to the iOS to find out what text size is used across all, all the system. Some apps just leave their text size as they were designed and can't really be changed. Um, so, but there are a good few apps out there now that are looking at that dynamic type support. Secondly, up here at the top, we have larger access accessibility sizes. So if we can turn that on, it increases the range of our slider here, so we can continue to increase the size of the text by simply sliding across that circle. So you get that text up, that's as big as it will get, and you can also return it back to normal if you don't want it that size. So we'll turn that back off. So that's the larger text size and the larger accessibility sizes that are available here in this menu. The next one is the button shapes. Um, it's a good thing to turn that on. It helps define shapes of the button of the buttons that are used, uh, making it a little bit easier to, to find your way around to, to switch on and off buttons and things like that. Um, next thing we have is reduced transparency. So it's a good option to leave on as uh, some apps will have what we call a, tra a transparent background so that you can see things through it. So to help, in, in, you know, to help improve your focus on 
on a particular pop-up screen or something like that, you can uh, you tell it to reduce the transparency and things will appear a bit more clear for you. The increased contrast. So I'll just switch that on there and just keep switching it and you'll probably notice that the background um, gets a little bit stronger. The text stands out a little bit better on it. So it's good to have that on. Um, I'm just going to skip some of them because I know we're short in time. Uh, Smart Invert and Classic Invert. I'll show you these two. First of all, we'll go with Classic Invert. So like what we had in our magnifier, it's, it changes all the colors around. So you've got black background, white text. And if you notice over here, all our buttons have also changed. So what used to be blue has now become orange and so forth. However, they have now implemented Smart Invert. So if we turn that on, quite similar. But if you notice, our icons here on the left hand side, they remain in the colors that they were intended. And this is particularly useful for when you're browsing uh, web pages and that, and you have photographs that that you don't want going looking like they're a negative. So uh, that's a handy one to have if you prefer to use the inverted colors. So a smart invert for leaving the photographs alone. If you go with the classic, everything changes. Reduce the white point. It's another good option, just further down here. So I'll turn that on and it reduces uh, the strength of the white on the screen. Anybody that um, you know suffers from too much glare, uh, this is a, a very good option to have switched on. So that's the display and text size. I'll go back up here and we'll return to our accessibility menu. The next one I'm going to have a look at for you is the spoken content. So tap on that and we'll go in here. So two options. Uh, the first one, speak selection. So we turn that on. And with speak selection, when you highlight text, um, most people will be familiar with this. When you highlight text on the iPad, you get an option to cut to copy the text that you have and do a few more different things, share it and all that. It pops in another option in there called speak. So when you uh, highlight text, it'll it'll speak it out for you. And I'm just going to uh, demonstrate that here. I'm just going to go straight over to the internet and we'll go for RTE and we'll pick a news article. Okay, I'll just select this little article here, close that off. I'm just going to go down and we just highlight that text there. So get this third option here, speak. We tap on that. The final cost to the Irish state of dealing with the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic could be as high as 30 euros billion according to an analysis by KBC Bank Ireland. Okay, so it will only read what I have highlighted there in blue. That is the purpose of that speak selection. Speak screen is another option. 
um, you can use two fingers at the top of the screen and swipe down and that will read the entire content of the screen. So we might just have a quick look at that again. I'll go back to the top. Um, now you won't see this, but I have two fingers at the top of the screen and I'm swiping down. Oops. Try that again. There we go. Austerity is not an antidote to a problem that has nothing to do with imbalances in the Irish or other economies, he stated. Mr Hughes said while the near-term focus will be on reigniting the Irish economy, the actions required to do this should have lasting positive effects. A marked increase in spare capacity in the Irish economy could allow scope to make a significant start to address long-standing problems. So I'm just going to close that off. If you notice, it did pop out a little uh, menu that you can uh, you can activate just to stop that at any time. So that's the speak screen option. Next up is the speech controller. And I'm going to show you that. So we can enable that. It's a little floating device. You may have noticed it popped up a minute ago when I was doing the speak screen. And what this guy does is it gives you this menu. You can tap him with his finger, select the finger, and then tap a, a sentence. The speech controller allows quick access to speak screen and speak and touch. Expand the controller and press play to start reading all content. Expand the controller and tap the finger icon to start speak and touch. Then tap or drag anywhere on the screen to hear the content under your finger. Lift your finger to exit speak and touch. Okay, so that's the that's the speech controller, and it's quite similar to a feature that is in an in Android called Select to Speak. So you're tapping that, tapping the finger, the finger icon there, and then you're tapping the block of text that you want read out. So that's the speech controller and I've turned him back off. Next thing we can do is um, highlight content. So this is useful uh, particularly for younger viewers uh, who are maybe just getting getting used to reading and all that. You can highlight the content as it's being read out. You can have highlight the words as reading as it says them or the sentences are both and you can choose the highlighting style. That's particularly useful maybe for younger folks who are starting out and are still learning their words. That it will highlight them as it's been read out. Uh, the next thing we have here is typing feedback. <coughs> and I have the two, two options by default are, are switched off. You can switch on characters and words. And I'll show you what that is about now. Okay, so we have characters and speak words. Now, I hope to be able to demonstrate that here. Sometimes if I'm recording, it won't call out the words. Capital H O W how A R E R Y O U U T O D A Y today. OK, so that's the spoken content uh, in the character feedback. As you type, you can have a call out those characters and call out the words. Some people might just want the words only. So in that case, you can switch off the characters and it'll say nothing until you have the whole word typed and then it'll call that back to you. And if it gets all too annoying for you, you can switch that off too.
that's the typing feedback that's in the spoken content. And likewise, like our um, voiceover earlier, you can pick the different voices, plenty of them there, just like in voiceover that you can pick from. And again, you can speed up or slow down the speaking rate. So all those options are there for you. So that's the spoken content. And audio descriptions, depending on the app that you're using, you can have it to automatically play audio descriptions. So it's a matter of flicking that switch on there and they will come on where they are available. And there's one more thing I want to show you. It's from the physical and motor section. It's the touch. And we are going to look at the assistive touch. And in here gives you the option of adding a mouse to your iPad. This is only available from iOS 13 upwards. So likes of your iPhone 7 or higher, or maybe iPhone 6S, I'm not too sure it's iPhone 6S or iPhone 7 that carries the iOS 13. And in here then it gives you the option to go for Bluetooth devices and you get your Bluetooth mouse. Now obviously this one is connected, but you can connect then your Bluetooth mouse and that gives you the cursor. Sometimes you can run into issues where you turn on the mouse and even though it's been paired before, it's not responding. In that case, you have to manually come in here, tap on that eye, forget the device and join up again, pair it up again and it will come back working. Just like sometimes with a Wi-Fi network, you got to go in there, you got to tell the system to forget that Wi-Fi network and join it again. In when we come back out of that uh, pointer devices, so just to show you, it's assistive touch, turn it on. We go down to pointer devices, into the devices there and set up your mouse. The pointer style then, which is this circle that you get on the screen, you can increase or decrease the size of the circle. So there, I have made it much bigger. All right, pull that slider back, and it's quite small, not as a bit, not as a intrusive. I just leave it in the middle. Uh, you can change the color of it. So if you want it blue, red, green, orange, white, or gray, I prefer the yellow. I'm gonna leave it there. And then the auto hide, which is handy. You can by default, it's set to on. It hides the mouse after 15 seconds, which is handy if you're doing some typing and you don't want that uh, to be sitting on your screen in your way, having to move it about. So if you after 15 seconds, just like that, it disappears. And then when you move the mouse again, it comes back. So that is the that is the mouse end of it that's available under the assistive touch options in accessibility. Well, that's everything I've got to show you on today's webinar got to do with iPad accessibility. All the, all the options I've shown you will work on iPhone as well. So, um, and so it's of use to iPhone users to know this stuff too. And that's the little home button option that you get with your mouse.
and that floats around the screen and you can move it and park it wherever you like that it's not in your way so thank you very much for joining me on this and if you have any questions on any of the stuff i've shown you uh, do feel free to get in touch with your local IT trainer uh, from the NCBI who will be glad to assist you and help you out with any of those features. Thank you. And a lovely sound effect right at the end there. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Daniel, Daniel, for putting together that presentation for us today. Um, I just thought I'd uh, just uh, just come in a little bit and say um, we're uh, we wanted to put together an overview of iOS today just to give people a sense of all of the features that are available for accessibility, not just uh, those that are specific to one type of uh, visual impairment. So what we intend to do is as these live events grow, we're also going to be giving people uh, an opportunity to give us feedback on specific areas that they want to see. So we could have done an entire session today on voiceover or on magnification or on Zoom, for example, but I thought it'd be good for us to kick off and give everyone an overview. What I might do is just before I open to questions and answers, I might give people a sense of how I use um, uh, accessibility on my own iOS device. I have about 20% vision. I suffer from congenital nystagmus. So one of the, the most important features for me on that is around dynamic text, uh, enabling me to set the, the text size very, very large. Um, and then secondly, from, from that one, magnifier has come become also for me almost my day-to-day -to -day tool. I use it for, I no longer use a visual aid uh, telescope. I use that for zooming in on bus numbers. Um, well, when I'm not locked in my house um, and also for reading text and reading packages and stuff like that. It's an extremely powerful feature. So that's that's just an example of someone with low vision might use um, the accessibility. I think what would be warranted as well, Daniel, what do you think if we do uh, a deeper dive into uh, voiceover features in an upcoming session? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we can look at any of those sections that are in the accessibility options and really dive in there, get under the bonnet, have a look at what's happening and what uh, features that are available that people just might not be aware of. They might not have explored that far for themselves. Uh, you know, maybe somebody who's new to these devices um, would definitely benefit from, from maybe a particular section being gone into in depth. I'm going to hand this over now to Jude Maher. He is um, been correlating some of the questions that have been coming in from people. And uh, Jude, so uh, welcome. And uh, maybe you might run through some initial questions on iOS for Daniel. Yeah, thanks very much. So we've time. already had a, a few questions coming in. Um, people are interested in the iOS devices, clearly. Um, so if your question isn't answered in this, keep your questions coming in and we can answer them at the, the end of the show as well, at the end of the webinar. So first of all, uh, Daniel, one of the things that a lot of people want to know, there's a few different types of um, iPads out there, isn't there? Um, wh which one should people go for if they were if they were to buy one iPad for, for themselves? What one should, would you recommend? Um, It'll be based on what they are going to use the iPad for. Uh, I suppose most people out there are going to be just happy to browse the net, uh, check a few emails and things like that. So the basic entry 10.2-inch uh, iPad, I think it retails somewhere around 399. Uh, that will be sufficient for a vast majority of users. Uh, 
the more money you can spend on them, obviously the storage space goes up. There's a bit more power and things like that in them. Um, you know, so more advanced and experienced users of these products would probably look at those if they felt it, it met their requirements. Very good. Yeah. So buy what you need, basically. Don't don't over. Yeah. Don't, don't be over, over buy a device. Excellent. Um, Another thing that a few people want to know, so with each of those different iPads then, you, you went through voiceover on uh, on your video there, um, on your presentation. So do we, do you have voiceover as an automatic feature on iPad? Do you have to pay for that? Do you have to buy that to add it to your iPad? Uh, no, you certainly do not. Uh, if it's one thing Apple do well is their accessibility features. They are fantastic in their uh, provision of all these accessibility uh, features. A device over such as one comes already as part of the iPad. It's there. Uh, it's just a matter of switching it on. Uh, you can summon Siri to switch that on, asking it to ask Siri to switch it on. Uh, with, with these iPads with the physical home button, you can click that uh, three times and it'll switch that on as well. So there's numerous ways of activating it as well. Uh, Apple really have done good work on integrating accessibility into their into their software. Oh, brilliant. And just one more question for a moment. Um, a Bluetooth device, a Bluetooth keyboard can be quite useful when you're using an iPad so that you don't have to deal with the on-screen keyboard if that's uh, a particular issue. Is it easy to connect up a, a Bluetooth keyboard? Yes, it is. Um, in the settings menu, uh, this, just under Wi-Fi, you, you'll find the Bluetooth um, options and you can go in there and connect it directly. And um, when you go to type or when you tap a button on, on the keyboard, it'll, um, it'll automatically type in for you. you it'll in, it does have the benefit as well of taking the on-screen keyboard off the iPad, so that's not in your way, particularly if you're trying to get to view more of the screen. It can be an absolutely fantastic addition to have with your iPad. Um, just also, if anybody is thinking of getting a Bluetooth keyboard for their iPad, uh, depending on your model of iPad, you may be able to get a, a nice one that's integrated into the cover. So not only does it double up as a keyboard, it also comes as a protective feature for the iPad. So when you're carrying it about with you from place to place, God forbid it gets a, a fall, uh, you know, that protective cover there is, is going to help your iPad not get smashed. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that sounds really useful. So thanks for your answers there, uh, Daniel. Appreciate uh, the extra information. Very in informative and very helpful. If you do have any other questions, anyone, if you want to keep the questions coming in, we'll have a chance to revisit that at the end of the webinar. For now, we're going to hand back to Karen. Hi, everybody, um, and th thanks for that again, guys. Uh, we're going to move on to our uh, the next part of our presentation today, which is uh, smart devices. So we're going to do a series of smart devices over the coming weeks. Kicking off today is with um, Amazon uh, Alexa, and JP has put together a, a great presentation for us on this. So um, I'll hand over to JP now. Hello everyone, you're very welcome to this MCBI Labs video on smart speakers. Uh, so for the next while, I'm going to be going through the Amazon Echo Dot. And I'm going to be looking at what exactly it is. I'm looking at how you can set it up in your home and then things that you can try on the device. So first of all, what is the Amazon Echo Dot? It's uh, more commonly known as an Echo. 
Um, it's a brand smart speaker that's been developed by Amazon. It's activated by the wake word Alexa. And as I say the name, a blue light will turn on the I device. That's another, but I'm always working on how I say things and I might not have it right. And she responds to what you say. So that's how you activate the device. It's the wake word Alexa. Okay. Um, if you don't see anything, she just will go quiet again. Okay. Um, so things that you can do with Alexa, you can do things like ask for the weather, the news, you can set timers, listen to audio books, you can control smart devices in your homes. Uh, so much you can do with these devices, they're brilliant. One thing I really, really like about the Amazon Echo is that it's, it's very much accessible out of the box. So when someone buys one of these, uh, if they have a vision impairment, a very very little size or no size at all. Uh, you can act, you can turn you can connect these to your power source at home. You can activate you can turn you can uh, open up the Alexa app on your on your mobile phone or tablet device. You can connect this to the Wi-Fi network um, with it in about five ten minutes. Very very accessible. Um, and of course, it's, it's so apart from being accessible, it's it's easy to set up. It's very, very affordable too. You can pick one of these up for about 40, 50 uh, euro. Um, so it's probably no surprise with that in mind that about one in four homes in Ireland now have one of these devices, either an Amazon Echo or a Google Home. Um, so the Amazon Echo Dot, um, uh, in terms of the hardware, we have an increase and decrease volume button. Um, we can mute, if I press mute, there's a red light that comes on the device, which means that no audio is being picked up by Alexa. I can unmute by pressing this again. There's one more button, which is a little dot, and this is used to set the device up. So if you were to hold this in for about two seconds, the light will go orange, and then you can set it up. You can connect the device to your, your Wi-Fi network. Um, I won't do it now because it's already connected to my Wi-Fi uh, network at home. Um, so there are some of the kind of the, the physical features of it. It's about the size of a, of a hockey puck, quite a large hockey puck. This is the Amazon Echo Dot third generation. Okay. Um, the lights that you'll see uh, on the command on the Alexa, obviously for mute, um, there's a red light that comes on. That light is orange when it's being set up. And then when you say her name, I'm not going to say it now, but when you do say her name, there's a blue light that comes on, which means that the, the command that you have asked her is processed. Okay. Um, so it comes with a, a charging port. Uh, this device has to say and has to say charging, has to say plugged in rather uh, when it's being used. If there's no internal battery on this, so you do need to keep it plugged in all the time when you're when you're using it. Okay. And there's also an auxiliary port for external uh, uh, speakers if you wanted to connect those. Uh, so different types of Echo devices and, and where to buy them. Main three types, you have the Amazon Echo Dot, which we have here. Um, there's the Amazon Echo, which is a larger device uh, here. It has all the features of the one that we're looking at today, just larger, better sound quality. And then there's the Amazon Echo Show, which some of you may be familiar with. It has a screen on it, so you can actually play videos on that if you wanted. It has uh, the time on it. Um, so, Amazon Echo Show, a little bit more expensive than this. Uh, Amazon Echo Show at the moment, it's on sale on Amazon. It's about 50 pounds sterling. And the Amazon Echo itself, the larger version of this, is about 80 pounds. Very, very good sale at the moment on Amazon.co.uk. 
if anyone wants to go in uh, online and, and buy one. These at the moment are half price. They're usually about 45, 50 pounds, down to 25 pounds at the moment. Amazon do run these sales quite regularly. So if you don't get it this time, don't worry. You can always go back online and check it out another day. If you don't want to go online to amazon.co.uk and buy one of these, you can go to your local electrical store, Harvey Norman, PC World, DID Electrical, they'll all have one of these for about 45 pounds, 45 euro that is. Um, Sources such as Argos as well, you'll like to pick one up there. And uh, it comes in different colors. This is a sandstone, they come in gray and charcoal black as well. Um, okay, so uh, setting it up. So how do you set this thing up? Okay, so first thing you do, after taking it out of the box, you plug it in, okay? When you plug it in, orange light will come on, that means it's in entered setup mode. When it's entered setup mode, what you need to do is install, download the install the Alexa app. Now that's available on the App Store if you're running on an iPhone or an iPad, or it's available on the Google Play Store if you have an Android device. Okay, so um, I have set this device up here on, on my iPad. Okay, so what I did is I went into the App Store and I downloaded the Alexa app. And when I did that, I can go into the settings and I very, very simply add the device, okay? In this case, it's an Amazon Echo Dot. So I choose the Echo Dot, it's a third generation, and now I can add it to the Wi-Fi network in my home. And what, what I really, really like about the uh, Echo is that you do this once, you never need to do it again. I, I brought this away with me on holidays several times, um, so it's been plugged out for, for long periods. I plug it back in as soon as you get home, it just reconnects to the net Wi-Fi network straight away. So setup takes about five, 10 minutes and you won't need to do it again, um, sorry, which I really like. So that's the setup. Things to try. So I have a list here of about um, 10 things to try that I, that I really like with the Amazon Echo. First of all, it's setting timers, alarms and reminders. So very, very obvious thing, setting a timer. You might put something in the oven for maybe 10 minutes, pizza or something like that. You can set a timer, you can say, Alexa, set timer for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, starting now. Okay, and she will tell you when that uh, time is up. Um, so you can take your piece out of the oven. Um, alarm, um, obviously you'll have one of these in your bedroom and you might want to use it to, to wake up. So Alexa, set alarm for 7 a.m. Alarm set for 7 a.m. Okay, so- Would you like this alarm set for every weekday? No. Okay, so she's going to wake me up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. And then there's reminders, really, really useful. So you can ask Alexa to set a reminder. So for example, uh, tomorrow I know is bin day here, so I can say, Alexa, set reminder. What's the reminder for? Take green bin out tomorrow morning. When should I remind you? In the morning. At what time? 8 a.m. Okay, I'll remind you at 8 a.m. Great. Okay, so you got a reminder at eight o'clock tomorrow morning to take the, the green bin out, which I, which I always forget. Uh, so shopping as well is another really, really useful of this uh, feature list. So for example, you can add products to your shopping list. Um, I find this really, really useful. So during the week, uh, I can be walking around the house thinking, okay, I might need something here. I might need, uh, we might need uh, some more milk, some more orange juice, whatever it is. You can add that to your shopping list on the uh, Echo. And then you can pull that shopping list up on your phone when you're out shopping. I really think it's a really, really nice feature. So for example, if I say, Alexa, add to my shopping list. 
What should I add? Orange juice. What can I add for you? Orange juice. I've added orange juice to your shopping list. Anything else? No. Okay. Okay, so it works second time around. Now I can say, Alexa, what's on my shopping list? Alexa, what's on my shopping list? You have four items on your shopping list. Orange juice, milk, oranges and bin bags. Okay, so you can recall it by asking it. Or otherwise, you can go into the Alexa app on your phone when you're out shopping. And straight away, you can pull up the shopping list. You can see what you have in, in there. Um, so that's shopping list. Uh, you can also do a to-do list. Um, radio. Now, this is a really, really nice feature of the Amazon Echo. Uh, the Amazon Echo uses tune-in radio service, uh, streaming service for accessing radio. So you can listen to this be quite literally thousands and thousands of stations from around the world, uh, both uh, national and international stations. So if I were to say, for example, Alexa, play Today FM. Today FM from TuneIn. Your credit union just got even better. You can now use your credit union for all your day-to-day -day banking needs. Alexa, stop. Okay. So you can ask it to play international radio stations uh, as well as the all the, the, the national ones here, the RTE1, RTE2, uh, Today FM, everything, any, any radio station you can think of, you can access on, on your Echo Dot. Um, news and weather, very, very useful. So you can ask uh, it to give you the news and the weather forecast. It does this by your location. So when you set up the Alexa app on the Echo, what you do is you go into settings, you key in your address. So that means when you ask for the weather, it gives it specific to your location. And likewise for the news, it should give you, for example, RTE News as opposed to BBC News if, if you're setting one of these up over in, in the UK. So let's try this now. Alexa, tell me the news. Here's your news. From RTE News, the Department of Health has said there have been 14 more deaths linked to the COVID-19 coronavirus bringing to 85 the number of people who have died to date. The latest figures also indicate there are now 3,447 confirmed cases of the virus in Ireland, following the reporting of 212 new cases. Alexa, age, turn off. It's pretty shocking news. Um, so news, weather forecast. Alexa, what's the weather for tomorrow? Here's the forecast for tomorrow in Kalaini. Expect intermittent clouds with a high of 10 degrees Celsius and a low of 2 degrees. Okay, I'll take that. Um, and then, of course, another really feature, nice feature of the Alexa, Amazon Alexa is music. So there's a few different options here. You can subscribe to Amazon Music, which is $3.99 a month. It's a free trial for 30 days. Then it's $3.99 a month after that. And that gives you access to over 50 million uh, songs. Um, so any song that you can think of, it's on Amazon Music. Uh, the alternative is that you can use Amazon Prime Music. So if you have an Amazon Prime account like myself, you pay about 10 euro a month. Obviously with that, you get your fast um, Amazon deliveries, uh, discounted products, uh, benefits like that. But you also have access to about 2 million songs uh, through Amazon uh, Music. So for example, I could try this here. I could say, Alexa, play on Raglan Road. 
again. Alexa, play on Raglan Road. Here's on Raglan Road by Carl MC Connell on Amazon Music. I can adjust the volume as well, either on the device or by asking Alexa to increase. Alexa, increase volume. Alexa, volume up. So sound quality is pretty good. Alexa, off. Okay, so that's Amazon Music. Uh, audiobooks, another feature that I really like. Um, if you have an Audible account, you can access audiobooks through the Amazon Echo. So with Audible, it's the free 30 day trial, just like with Amazon Music. After that, it's $7.99 a month for one credit, which gives you access to one book. And then uh, just this, the plans you know, get a bit more expensive if you want two credits, three credits, etc. Um, so I have an, an Audible account, so I was reading a book earlier. I'm going to see if I can, if I can continue reading it now since, since I stopped. Alexa, resume my audio book. Getting your book from Audible. Resuming of mice and men. As it makes a great stirring if he runs among them. Rabbits come out of the brush to sit on the sand in the evening. And the damp flats are covered with Alexa, stop. Okay, so it'll play my audio book. You can adjust as well. You can go back and forth between chapters. It's nice the way it stops uh, wherever you want and it'll pick it up then later. It can sync with your phone as well if you listen to the audiobook on, on your phone or tablet. Um, so that's audiobooks. Um, Audible is probably the most, most popular option for, for listening to audiobooks on, on the device. And you can make calls on the Amazon Echo. You can use a feature called drop-in. So you can drop into any other Amazon Echo uh, that perhaps a family or friend could have. Um, if you have another Echo Dot, uh, another Echo device in your house, for example, open in your bedroom or in the kitchen or in the living room, you can drop into that device. Um, so another very, very nice feature. Um, so smart devices, I, I, I briefly mentioned earlier, so you, you, you can control smart devices with the Amazon Echo. This could include uh, smart lights like Philips uh, Hue bulbs. Um, you can uh, control uh, plugs as well. Um, even things like Nest uh, learning thermostats to adjust your, your volume in your home and uh, the ring doorbell if you want to know who's at your doorbell if, if you're not home. Very, very useful for, for security as well and peace of mind if, if you're out, out, of the, out of home and you want to know who, who's at the door. Games, uh, you can play games on, on, the, on the Amazon Echo. Uh, we won't try one here. Uh, Alexa, play Jeopardy. And now, here is your host, Alex Rebecca. Thanks, Johnny. And welcome, players. Did you know that every Jeopardy! category has an extra sixth clue? And those clues have remained under wraps until now. Alexa, six is stop. Thanks for playing. I hope you keep watching and enjoying Jeopardy! Thank you. Okay, so that's just one game. There's thousands and thousands of games to try. Uh, skills as well. So skills are much like apps on, on your mobile device or on, on your tablet. Um, 
there's different categories. One category that I, I, I was just experimenting with was what's to do with kind of health and fitness. Because obviously we're all trapped in at the moment with, with, with COVID-19 and can't go out. Um, so some of you might like to try some of the fitness apps. Uh, one example is is, uh, is, is, is is a workout that Alexa can, can give you. Uh, it's a seven minute workout. So let's try it there. I can say, Alexa, enable seven minute workout skill. Okay, here's seven minute workout. Welcome back. Let's get right to it. Remember you can change your settings, ask for help, or join the seven squad at any time. Are you ready to start your daily workout? No. All right. Alexa, stop timer. So there's our 10 minute timer that's just, just been activated. Um, Sorry. Alexa, having off. Alexa, off. Alexa, timer off. Okay, now she's quiet again. Uh, so there's quite literally thousands and thousands of skills uh, that, you, you, that you can enable on your Alexa device. Uh, another really nice feature of the Alexa is that it's Bluetooth enabled. So you can, if you want, you can pair your phone, your iPad to the device. Uh, so I'll just give you an example of where this could be useful. I have an iPad here and what I'm going to do is pair it uh, to the Amazon Echo. So anything that I uh, hear typically that will turn on, on the iPad, I can now hear hopefully on the on the Amazon uh, Echo Dot. So Alexa, pair. Searching. Now connected to Siobhan. Okay, so that's the name of this iPad here. Um, I'm going to now see if I can play uh, an audio book. Um, so I'm connected to the NCBI Overdrive service here to listen to audiobooks. Uh, so let's just see if this works. Is it me? Written and read by Terry Wogan. Michael Thomas Wogan, the dad, was born in Enniskerry, County Wicklow in 1900. Enniskerry was widely regarded as Ireland's prettiest village and Wicklow the Garden of Ireland. Unfortunately, it can't eat the scenery. Okay, so that will play your audio book if you want from services like NCBI Overdrive or NCBI Bookshare. Our sound quality is pretty good. Um, you can also play music on, on YouTube. So say, for example, you didn't want to subscribe to the Amazon, Amazon Music service and pay your 99 a month. You can go onto YouTube. You can play a song. <laughs> You can adjust the volume even though it's pairing from the device. You can still say, Alexa, volume up. Okay. And then you can just stop it by pressing the home button on your device and it will stop the track. If you wanted to unpair from your, from your, in this case, the iPad, you can say, Alexa, unpair. Alexa. On pair. Now disconnected from Siobhan. Second time. Um, so the fact that it's Bluetooth enabled is, is a really nice offering as well. So you can listen to the likes of your audiobooks 
um, YouTube songs, that kind of things, those kind of things. If you have a Spotify account as well, which I do, you can as well. You can uh, pair your phone, your tablet uh, to the Echo and you can listen to music uh, there that way as well. Um, finally, there's uh, one thing I'd recommend is subscribing to the Amazon Echo mailing list. So every few days, Amazon Echo, uh, the Amazon rather, will, will send you uh, an email with a list of things to try out on your on your smart speaker. Um, so I got one um, earlier this morning, and I was going to pull it up here. So you can say things like things to try with Alexa. Um, one of the first things here it says is Alexa. Tell me my horoscope. Hello, Sally Morgan here. Here is your Gemini horoscope for today. A school friend from the past drops by today, Gemini, and drops into the conversation about a school reunion that has been arranged for this evening, but you feel disappointed because you haven't received an official invitation like everyone else has. Making out your busy mind Alexa, the best way to show. Come back soon. I'm not so sure about Okay, so guys, that's uh, an overview of the Amazon Echo Dot uh, smart speaker. Um, what I would say if anyone does have any queries regarding setting up one of these devices, features on it, or connecting it to, to smart devices in your home, you can call the NCBI Lab Support Desk. The number is 1850. 92 30 60. Um, any questions you can just give us a call there. Thanks very much for watching. So there you have it. Thanks very, thanks very much, uh, JP, for that overview of uh, Alexa and and some quite funny moments in there as well. I thought you were actually going to get up and do some squats. That would have been a <laughs> really, really interesting. interesting. Interesting viewing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jude, I think we've been getting quite a few questions coming in. Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you run through some of the questions specifically for, for JP on the Alexa side of things? Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, there's been quite a few uh, questions come in. Actually, one of the things that people are maybe yeah. A little bit concerned about with um, Alexa or any of these smart yeah. devices sometimes yeah. is is when they're recording us, they seem to be kind of conversing with us. Are they recording all of our conversations whenever we're talking to them? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, you that, that's actually one of the first questions I sometimes get when, I, when I'm demonstrating the the Echo or any smart speaker to to to, to someone. Uh, it's a really good question. It's a, it's a bit obviously kind of privacy and security. So. The official answer on this from, from from Amazon is that their stance is, is 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 no because I suppose by by default the Echo device will, will only uh, listen to what you're saying when the wake word is is called out. So it could be the wake word could be Alexa. You can also change it to something like computer or, or Echo. Um, so unless you say the wake word, uh, which which I've mentioned there, then the device shouldn't uh, record. Uh, it shouldn't store your audio. So your audio isn't stored or, or sent to the cloud unless the device detects that that wake word. The only exception to this is if if you do go into the uh, settings in the application, the Alexa app, you can enable something called Alexa Guard. So it's a really cool feature. This this allows you to detect detect specific sounds. So for example, it could be the sound of smoke alarms or carbon monoxide alarms or even of glass breaking. 
So this can be enabled in the Alexa uh, app, app settings. It's a really nice kind of security feature. But otherwise, uh, oh, um, according to Amazon, uh, the answer is no, unless you use that wake word, it shouldn't be recording any audio. Well, that's good to know. I'd say that'll be reassuring for a lot of people yeah. who are considering um, yeah, yeah. smart devices. You, you mentioned there about um, the, the uh, word that wakes up Alexa. So when you say Alexa, it wakes up and usually there's like a, a blue light that comes on there. But one of the yeah. questions here in relation to um, just if there's a, a problem seeing that blue light, can you make the echo play a sound when we say Alexa yeah. instead of just displaying a light to show that it's listening? Yeah, and that, that's a really, really nice feature of the echo. So uh, as we know, the echo lights up with a blue light whenever it's activated. Uh, but if you can't see it, if, if you have a vision impairment, um, you can't see that blue light, you can you can enable it, you can actually enable an, an audio tone instead. So what you do is you uh, go into the Alexa app and head to settings, sounds and notifications. And under the section that says request sounds, you can you can select a toggle to switch uh, to switch on uh, start of request. So it more or less it'll emit a short audio tone after you say Alexa or your chosen wake word. Really, really nice feature. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, again, that's really helpful to to see the accessibility yeah. side yeah. of that. And speaking yeah. of accessibility, somebody just asks um, how the app itself is. Uh, the app that you'll use on your smart device. How, how is that for accessibility? Yeah, there's, there's been quite a lot of uh, I've worked on that. I, anyone I know who has set it up using VoiceOver, the built-in screen reader on, on, on iOS, on your iPad or iPhone, never experienced any problems. Um, I know there's some there's, there's some work that's been done as well by AppleVis, AppleVis.com, um, which is like a group of, 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 of I suppose, testers of, of accessibility um, um, features on, on apps like Amazon. They've done some testing and they've found actually that the results have been very positive, that uh, it, seems to be, it, it seems to be very accessible, quite uh, straightforward to set up using voiceover on your iPhone or on your, on your iPad, so which is quite positive oh, to hear. Very yeah. Brilliant. Very good. So all in all, it's kind of it's easy enough to, to use. Yeah, um, we're getting quite exactly. a few different questions in from mm. uh, for both the Echo and iOS devices. Um, maybe I can just kind of open it up to the whole panel to to answer some of these. We might just stick with the Echo for the moment and um, just while we're on a roll with it. Yeah. Um, but if there's any uh, any comments on some of these things. So again, we get a question here about how easy the setup is out of the box for somebody who has no vision at all. Is is that easy enough to do or yeah. would you need to have somebody else to assist you? Um, it's no, it can be done out of the box. So um, the process is more or less you, you plug your, your Echo in uh, into power. It's, it has to be powered up, as I said in the, in the video, there's no internal battery on these devices, so it needs to be plugged in whenever you're using it. So when you plug it in for the first time, it will automatically enter a setup mode um, so it'll tell you it's entering setup mode. So if, for example, if someone is using VoiceOver on an iPhone or on a on a on a on a tablet like a, an iPad, sorry, they can uh, go into the app, which is is accessible, um, and they can set it up there. And what they're doing is they're connecting that device to their home Wi-Fi network. So they're going to key in their Wi-Fi password, and then it'll connect straight away. Uh, so it can, like it, it, in theory, it should be able to. Someone should be able to do it. It's out of the box. Uh, without any sighted assistance. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, again, that's really good to know because if yeah. you need to get assistance from somebody else, you kind of want to know that ahead of time so that you can make yeah. arrangements for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
can you get the echo to to only answer to one voice in you the house yeah so there's a really nice feature you, you can set up voice recognition using the echo if you want so to do this when you go into your settings and if you want to set, uh, set up just for your voice uh you can you'll you'll be asked to read read aloud about 10 phrases i think it is um mm -hmm. so it, it uses this so alex will use this information to create like a voice profile so once that's done uh you can use it across other echo devices um and then when it's set up it, it'll it will it'll distinguish your voice from other people's in the house for say for example if it's a, if it's a roommate or a family member and I suppose the, the whole idea is that it'll be able to deliver a more kind of a personalized experience so tailored toward you toward your voice as opposed to using uh, you know listening to, to multiple voices yeah so yeah so it can be done it's a good question and it can be done yeah very good so when when you set up those different um yeah. kind of profiles so that it's it recognizes an individual will that stop yes. it responding to somebody else or will it just respond in a different it, way it, is it it will, it will it should respond but it does it offers the the, the personalized experience just for just for that person it's something that i'd recommend doing for everyone um any, anyone who purchases an echo uh, i i definitely re uh, recommend uh, setting that up so going into the uh, set up voice recognition settings and, and and setting up that way because it just it just means that Alexa will pick up your voice much more clearly so that you're not having to repeat yourself with certain commands or questions that you're asking it. So definitely worth brilliant. doing it. Yeah, 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 brilliant. That that is a, a useful feature as well. We have yeah. a couple of questions here for IAS. Um, if we have uh, if we have Daniel on the line, I'm not sure if we have yep. Daniel there at the moment. Yeah, very good. So. Um, just a question that comes in about when somebody's using voiceover here on an iOS device, uh, I think it's an iPad, their screen goes blank. Um, their screen seems to stop working after they've used the voiceover. Is there anything that might be uh, going wrong there particularly or anything you could think of? Yeah, um, often what can happen there is, is the screen curtain and it's specifically designed to um, black the screen on somebody who's using voiceover. So if they're out in a public space, you know, for privacy of their information, if they're texting someone or whatever, then they don't, and they're using headphones obviously too. Um, so everybody in the bus is not listening to the audio. And uh, just to stop somebody kind of looking in over the shoulder, reading what's on their screen, you can tap um, with three fingers four times on the screen. And that puts a thing called a screen curtain over. Uh, blacks out the screen so nobody can look in and to simply switch that back off again it's a repeat of the process uh, tap with three fingers on the screen and that will uh, voiceover will then say uh, curtain off so yeah have um, you can give the phone to somebody if you wanted to show somebody a photograph or something like that oh, brilliant yeah very good and in relation to one of the features that you mentioned in your video Daniel I think you were going through the audio description feature that was in uh, the accessibility settings there. Um, when you turn that on, it it will read out the audio um, or give the yeah. audio description when it's available. Um, how do you know when when that is available? Well, it's 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 only going to be on some video files that contain a separate audio track, and um, you know that narrates or describes the content that's playing in the video. Um, people will probably be familiar from that thing that's uh, that's in Netflix or any of those services, streaming services, where you can turn on audio description in the movie. Um, I guess it's for you know if somebody has downloaded a, a video maybe from the web and there is audio description included, and if you have that feature switched on 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 the iPhone when you go to play back the video in your video player, then that'll invoke that 
um, audio description to come along. Oh, brilliant, very good. And just one final one for the, the IOS devices. And I think you mentioned this actually in, in the video, um, but just to highlight it again, what's the difference between the Zoom and the magnifier? I think you demonstrated both, but if you were to just describe what the main difference is between them. Yep. Okay, so the Zoom is going to bring up the display, your screen, uh, bring up the content of your screen uh, to make it easier to read or to navigate. Uh, whereas the magnifier is using your your device's camera to look at physical things in, in your local environment, you know, so such as a sheet of pa paper with text that's behind the camera. Or maybe if you're bringing it out to, you know, out shopping with you that you want to get in and you want to see what that price tag is and, you know, on, 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 on the box of cereal that's always on the bottom shelf, uh, you know, particularly the good price stuff is always down low. So. <laughs> You, you want to know what those prices are so you can go down there uh, zoom it. and as I said in the in the demonstration there that the, the button you can pause the magnification so when you bring it back up uh, you can be able to read the price a lot easier on that. Brilliant okay so that, that's good to have that distinction actually that you can use kind of a form of magnification in two different ways the, ma the magnifier and the and the zoom as well. Um, mm -hmm. So thanks very much for clarifying those, Daniel. We do just have a couple of last questions on the Echo. Sure. Um, it, uh, just in relation to Echo, you mentioned using various different accounts along with the Echo, such as um, I think Amazon and possibly Audible or, yeah. or different accounts that, that yeah. could be there. Can you actually set those up using the Echo or do you need to have that set up separately before you start using the echo device you can you you can ask alexa to do that so for example for me i activated my uh, unlimited music account and my audible account through my voice uh, so you can do that but i, I would do, uh, I, I would always recommend going in going into the app just it just um it just offers a more i suppose kind of uh, better experience i suppose when you go when you go into the alexa app and set it up that way. So, but for example, uh, I mentioned the music um, service, uh, streaming service that's available from Amazon on the video. That's free for 30 days and it's $3.99 thereafter. So, for example, if you do ask Alexa after you set it up to play, for example, a piece of music, um, it'll say it'll play a sample. And then what it'll do is it'll say um, this this song is available from Amazon Music Unlimited. And it'll say, do you wish to start a, start a 30 day free trial? And you can activate that by saying yes, and it'll it'll do it straight away. Um, so um, you can do it either way. Yeah, so to answer Excellent. that question. Very good, so yeah, yeah, so that's very easy. And then just a, a final one just on the Echo here. Mm. Um, can I connect the Amazon Echo to change channels on my TV? Uh, yeah, you can do. Uh, you, 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 the short answer is yes. Um, you can control your TV using the the Echo and, and brands like kind of popular brands like LG and Samsung. It gives you the option to link your Echo to the TV. This is only really available on, on newer televisions, just to let you know. So you can turn on, off and on the TV, adjust the volume and so forth. What I recommend if someone really wants to kind of get the full kind of fully integrated experience of using the Echo with their television, I'd recommend purchasing an Amazon Fire Stick. This is about 60 euro from Amazon.co.uk. Um, so this lets you stream programs and movies on your TV so you can link it with your Echo and then you can search for programs and movies. You can change channels, look up content by type or, or things like, you know, play, uh, you know, sci-fi or kids programs. Um, so that that's for, like for the best experience, I'll be kind of steering people toward an Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good. That's that's good advice, actually, because it's yeah. it's kind of handy to know whether it works, but it's good to know what works best as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Just we do have just one last question has just come in there, uh, JP, if you if you don't mind. Yeah. We've sure. a question here. Do you have to have an iPhone? Does it have to be an iPhone that you no, have? No, sorry. No, actually, sorry, guys. I was probably I was I, know, I, I did that demonstration on an iPad, uh, but you you could you can equally set this up uh, any smartphone or, or tablet device. So it could be an Android phone, and you'll just you'll you'll get in, in an in a case of an Android phone, you go into the Play Store, and download the Alexa app, download and install it, and then you can add your um, your Echo to your Wi-Fi network uh, to the app on um, on your Android device. Yeah, so an, uh, either iPhone or Android uh, phone. So a smartphone should will do it. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks very much for your answers for those questions. Certainly, the um, yeah, and the presentations sorry, have been really informative, and uh, the the answers have been very yeah. helpful as well. So yeah. thanks very much, sorry, JP sorry, and Daniel. What, 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 and, just uh, as a final note on the yep. the last question, you can set it up uh, through a web web browser as well. So you could go into Google Chrome if if you wanted. So someone didn't have a smartphone, you could set it up on a on a uh, through your browser as well. Sorry, sorry, oh, very very good. So an extra way that we can do it. So thanks very much, JP and Daniel, and we'll pass back to Kyron to wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And um, and thanks for everyone um, behind the scenes as well who have been supporting the session. Uh, one note actually just uh, that came in there just that I noticed in the in the Q&A section was uh, uh, someone was commenting about how uh, useful the flash briefing uh, is, which I actually use myself every day. Um, so I suppose some of my favorite features of some low vision is um, the de absolutely the audible and the overdrive features are huge um, and we might do a, a more detailed session on on overdrive in in the coming weeks um, just to let everyone know that that joined us today this uh, will be available offline and we'll be publishing um, the videos through social media so if you'd like to re-watch any parts of the demo that's um, that, that that'll be an extremely useful feature also beyond that we um, we intend to run at least one of these sessions a week so this one is very much an overview session next week we're hoping to do um, an overview of Android which uh, Jude is putting together for us and we're also looking then to do um, a session on Google Smart Home, which is a competitor to uh, Alexa. We're very agnostic here in, in CBI Labs when it comes to technology. <laughs> um, also, I'd like to say a huge thanks again for to the entire NCBA Labs team for um, helping us and supporting us with the first session that um, we have done, or our first live session. Um, just to reiterate, if you need any support setting up um, any of the devices that we have um, we have demonstrated today, or if you need any support from technology whatsoever, you can call um, the National Helpline on 1850 33 43 53, and you can select option three for NCBI Labs. Also as well, if you want to um, uh, send an email with feedback on today, or you'd like to ask a specific question on support, don't forget you can you can actually send an email to labs at ncbi.ie and we intend to get back to everyone as quickly as possible. And if you'd like to support NCBI uh, in continuing uh, to support people with site loss, you can go to donate.ncbi.ie. Right from myself, Kyron, and all the team here in NCBI Labs, thank you very much for today and we hope to see you again on the next one.